Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. And a good morning to you all. Had a wonderful weekend. Enjoyed um, everything about church and being able to worship with you guys and spend time and going through God's word. Oh, we just just had a little hello from, <laughs> I was going to say from God, from the heavens. Thunder, we've got a stormy morning here. And the rain has started, the thunder and lightning are all around us. Pretty interesting. Well, all right, let's see if we've got any dad jokes here. Here's, I found one. Here we go. Let's start off our morning joyfully. Why do bees hum? Because they don't know the words. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we got it. We got to add add to that one another one today. Uh, what is red and smells like blue paint? <laughs> red paint. That's one of those ones you would say to someone working with you and while you're painting and go, oh man. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. So uh, Isaiah 37 today and 38, if you guys will find your place. Well-covered ground we've I've done in First Kings 17, 18-ish. I don't remember. Somewhere in there. Go and look at the life of Hezekiah again. So let's pray, and we will open up God's Word together. Father, thank you for the blessing of rain. Um, we need it. We all need it. it. It waters the earth, so we thank you. Cools things down. Thank you for the, the, the simple things that you give us in life, the blessings that we have. Thank you for the, the blessing of being able to worship together uh, freely without being arrested and, and persecuted. And here in the West, we do pray earnestly, God, for our brothers and sisters that take their, their life in their hands in imprisonment for simply gathering together to pray and read the Bible. How, how crazy is this world? So um, thank you for what we do have and help those that, that are trying to serve you and do everything right but are being treated unfairly. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Okay, Hezekiah, looking in his life again. This is when he's seeking help. Um, yeah, interesting chapter. Verse 1, when, and when King Hezekiah heard it, he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and entered into the house. Now we know when that is, right, when he's... Rab and his boys are out there saying, we're going to wipe you out. Then he sent Elikim, who was over the household, with Shebna, the scribe, and the elders of the priests, covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos. They said to him, thus says Hezekiah, this day is a day of distress, rebuke, rejection for children. I've come to birth, and there is no strength to deliver. Perhaps the Lord your God will hear the words of Rabshakeh, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to reproach the living God and will rebuke the words which the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, offer a prayer for the remnant that is left. So the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah. Isaiah said to them, Thus you shall say to your master, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid because of the words that you have heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Behold, I will put a spirit in him so that he will hear a rumor and return to his own land and I will make him fall by the sword in his own land. 
Then Rabshakeh returned and found the king of Assyria fighting against Libnah. And he had heard that the king had left Lachish. When he heard them say concerning Terhaka, king of Cush, he has come to fight against you. And when he heard it, he sent messengers to Hezekiah, saying, Thus you shall say to Hezekiah, king of Judah, Do not let your God, in whom you trust, deceive you, saying, Jerusalem will not be given into the hands of the king of Assyria. Behold, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the lands, destroying them completely. So will you be spared? Did the gods of those nations which my fathers have destroyed deliver them? Even Gosen, Haran, and Resif, and the sons of Eden, who were in Telassar? Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, the king of the city of Shavarvim, and Hena, and Iva? Lachiah's prayer in the temple. Beautiful prayer here. It's one of the one all-time favorites uh, for me, anyway. Then Hezekiah took the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And he went up to the house of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. 15. Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, saying, O Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, who is enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes. Hear, O Lord, and see, and listen to all the words of Sennacherib, who sent them to reproach the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have devastated all the countries and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood, and stone. So they have destroyed them. Now, O Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, Lord, are God. Verse 27, then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent word to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, because you have prayed to me about Sennacherib, king of Assyria. This is the word that the Lord has spoken against him. She has despised you and mocked you, the virgin daughter of Zion. She has shaken her head behind you, the daughter of Jerusalem. Whom have you reproached and blasphemed? And against whom have you raised your voice? and haughtily lifted up your eyes against the Holy One of Israel. Through your servants you have reproached the Lord, and you have said, With my many chariots I came up to the heights of the mountains, to the remotest parts of Lebanon. I will cut down its tall cedars and its choice cypresses. I will go to its highest peak, its thickest forest. I dug wells and drank waters, and with the sole of my feet, I dried up all the rivers of Egypt. Have you not heard? Long ago I did it. From ancient times I planned it. Now I have brought it to pass. That you should turn fortified cities into ruinous heaps. Verse 27. Therefore their inhabitants were short of strength. They were dismayed and put to shame. They were as the vegetation of the field and as the green herb. As grass on the housetops is scorched before it is grown up. But I know you're sitting down, and you're going out, and you're coming in, and you're raging against me. Because of your raging against me, and because your arrogance has come up to my ears, therefore I will put my hook in your nose, and my bridle in your lips, and I will turn you back by the way which you came. Then this shall be the sign for you. You will eat this year what grows of 
itself. And in the second year, what springs from the same? And the third year, sow, reap, plant vineyards, and eat their fruit. Verse 31, the surviving remnant of the house of Judah will again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem will go forth a remnant, and out of Mount Zion survivors. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he will not come to this city or shoot an arrow there, and he will not come before it with shield or throw up a siege ramp against it. By the way that he came, by the same he will return, and he will not come to this city, declares the Lord. For I will defend this city and save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Chapter 36. Then the angel of the Lord went out and struck 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when men arose early in the morning, behold, all of these were dead. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and returned home and lived in Nineveh. And it came about as he was worshiping in the house of Nishrak, his god, that Adramelech and Sharzer, his sons, killed him with the sword and they escaped into the land of Ararat. And Esharhadron, his son, became king in his place. Oh, <laughs> now we're in chapter 38. I apologize, I read verse 38. Got a little ahead of myself. Okay. Hezekiah healed. Thanks for putting up with my, uh, it's <laughs> with my silliness. In those days, Hezekiah became mortally ill, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech you how I have walked before you in truth and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of your father, David, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria and will defend this city. This shall be a sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will do this thing that he has spoken. Behold, I will cause the shadow on the stairway, which has gone down with the sun on the stairway of Ahaz to go back 10 steps. So the sun's shadow went back 10 steps on the stairway on which it had gone down. A writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, after his illness and recovery. Verse 10, I said, in the middle of my life, I am to enter the gates of Sheol. I am to be deprived of the rest of my years. I said, I will not see the Lord. The Lord in the land of the living, I will look on man no more among the inhabitants of the world. Like the shepherd's tent, my dwelling is pulled up and removed from me. As a weaver, I rolled up my life. He cuts me off from the loom. For day until night, you make an end of me. I composed my soul until morning. Like a lion, so he breaks all my bones. From day until night, you make an end of me. Like a swallow, like a crane, so I twitter. I moan like a dove. My eyes look wistfully to the heights. O Lord, I am oppressed. Be my sanctuary. What shall I say? For he has spoken to me, and he himself has done it. 
I will wander about all my years because of the bitterness of my soul. O Lord, by these things men live. And in all these is the life of my spirit. O restore me to health and let me live. Lo, for my own welfare I had great bitterness. It is you who has kept my soul from the pit of nothingness. For you have cast all my sins behind your back. For Sheol cannot thank you. Death cannot praise you. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness. It is the living who give thanks to you, as I do today. A father tells his son about your faithfulness. The Lord will surely save me. So we will play my songs on stringed instruments all the days of our life at the house of the Lord. Now Isaiah had said, Let them take a cake of figs and apply it to the boil, that he may recover. Then Hezekiah had said, What is the sign that I shall go up to the house of the Lord? Well, you have Hezekiah in his two prayers. Amazing. One, because he's being attacked. His country's being attacked. Or one, his body's being attacked. Uh, One is a cancer to Israel. One's a cancer to his own body. And God listens to the prayer. One of the beautiful takeaways to this is how God listens to the brokenhearted. I mean, you just dwell on that. And you can add to that. Prior to this, you know, Hezekiah did some really dumb things. He tried to buy off king of Assyria, you know, strip the gold off the temple after they had rebuilt it. He tried to say, uh, I think I can deal with this Lord on my own. I'll just, yeah, they're, they're overwhelming army. Um, we're not strong enough. I'm not going to trust in you. Uh, I'm just going to try and buy them off. And it doesn't work. He's like, oh, no, no. Thanks for the gold, but it's not enough. Now we're going to come and take everything. And we're going to kill you in the process. So think about that. He had, um, he was a good king, did great things for the, you know, rebuilding the temple, what, ha- what have you. But he made some drastic mistakes. None of that is included. I mean, none of that seems to be a, a thing with God when he's praying. When God is not, not evaluating him and going, well, I'll maybe answer your prayer because you're better, your good outweighs your bad. Or I'm not going to answer you because of the sin that you went into my temple and you know, plunder the temple. He is listening to the brokenhearted king who lays everything out and says, with man it's impossible, with you it's possible. Please, God, hear us and answer. And God had been telling Israel through all their generations that if you will come to me humbly asking my help and trusting in me 100% that I will deliver you. And so God is faithful to his word and he does that. So we see this amazing deliverance, 185,000 killed in one night. We go into detail in Kings and the book of Kings on this. It's, it's so fun to see that, that God can, whatever situation you're in, can be overturned in 24 hours. And could I, if I'm in the middle of a biggest trial in my life, just go, ah, oh, no problem, God, I'll take you that tomorrow. It would take everything in me. I, I would be, I would need to do it as a guide, to just fall on the floor with tears and, and cry out and say, Lord, I need you. And I would um, pray that I would have the faith to trust him to do it. That's why they, the often quoted saying, which none of us like, I know it's uncomfortable to even say it, is uh, a faith that's not tested is not faith at all. And so it's like, who wants to be tested? Uh, but some of us are. Some of us are being tested right now. But it is, you come out with a real faith when you've come through it. So then uh, 38, of course, is him as it's his personal prayer. 
because his health is being attacked and he's crying out to God. Again, he's a humble guy, but he's already made another mistake. I mean, he or he's going to make the other mistake. He, he, he prays that God would extend his life and, uh, and, and allow him to live. And don't get confused by the thing about Sheol, that in Sheol no one can praise you, no one can, no one, there's like, no one can have hope. It, it's, you're looking at Sheol and death as entities of themselves that they can't praise you. Uh, and just a biological fact. You can't speak when you're dead, so you can't praise God. It's not that there is hopelessness after you die and nobody can can have hope that there is no salvation. It's not, you, you can get misdirected if you're not understanding the wordage. So that's not it at all. But what's encouraging, one thing that I pick up on this, is how when we're facing death, we have a greater hope because we have a greater understanding. Should we say we have a greater understanding of our hope? Maybe that's a better way to say it. Uh, we have been shown the celestial city. We have been shown the Messiah, the Lord, the Savior, our God. We understand we're the bride of Christ. And so anyone facing death like Hezekiah at this point in their life really should be more like Paul than Hezekiah. Because Paul says, man, to, to die is better. Is better to live as Christ. So we're going to move on uh, when going through Hezekiah and his prayers. And uh, takeaway for me is, Lord, here's our prayers. Praise God. And even though we are wrong, we, do, we can make a lot of mistakes. God can sit now. It wasn't a good idea for Hezekiah to pray for those extra 15 years. He kind of messed everything up after that. And I know this sounds harsh. It's not right. None of us want to leave our families. But if God says it's time to take you home, you kind of go, your Lord Okay, to to live as Christ, but to die as as man, resurrected, purified, glorified body, living with everyone else we know that's already there in the presence of God. You don't lose. So, like I say, we don't want to go because of the love we have our, for our loved ones. If we pray to stay, it's really for them, right? Not for us. We we gain, but it's it's good to stay, and plus we have more opportunity to witness and bring others with us. Romans 5, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have obtained our instruction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exalt in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proving character, and proving character, hope, and hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only this, but we also exalt in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received the reconciliation. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world and death through sin, 
and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the offense of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one the many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. The gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, For on the one hand, the judgment arose from one transgression, resulting in condemnation. But on the other hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions, resulting in justification. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. So then, as through one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness there resulted justification of life to all men. For as through the one man disobedience the many were made sinners, even so through the obedience of one the many will be made righteous. Verse 20, the law came in so that The transgression would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through the righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, there are some things that Paul writes that are hard to understand. Romans 5 is definitely one of those things. It would be fun to parse all that out, but we don't have the time. Go listen um, to a teaching on Romans 5, either mine or Chuck Smith. Um, <laughs> Chuck, of course, much better. And, uh, and get uh, the take on Romans 5. The overall thing, it's the simplification is the law brought us to an awareness of sin. That's why sin increased. It's not that it made sin, it wasn't around, and it came to be a thing because the law came around. It was the knowledge of sin. Uh, happened. And so with the knowledge of sin, man became to realize more and more he was a sinner and that he needed a savior. And the more he kept sacrificing animals and the more he kept doing these things, he realized that there was this this endless chase. You could never do enough to be forgiven because of our sinful nature. The sin was brought in through Adam and therefore through one man, many were brought into sin, caused to be made sinners. So through the act of one man, Jesus Christ, all can be made righteous, not are. We don't believe in universalism, that everybody's going to go to heaven because Jesus came. Otherwise, <laughs> what would faith, there would be no need for faith. You wouldn't even need to know about Jesus. It would just be, oh, I never heard about that guy, but thank God I'm going to heaven. Um, it's through faith in Jesus and the blood atonement that we are saved. It is the law of grace, as Paul says it, and this is the issue with that boiled down, and there's a lot of nuances in there, uh, and interesting, by the way, and theologically look at. Charles Spurgeon, if the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands. Neither would he have showed us all these things, Judges 13.23. This is a sort of promise deduced by logic, is an inference fairly drawn from ascertained facts. 
It was not likely that the Lord had revealed to Manoah and his wife that a son would be born to them, and yet had it in his heart to destroy them. The wife reasoned well, and we shall do well if we follow her line of argument. The father has accepted the great sacrifice of Calvary and has declared himself well pleased therewith. How can he now be pleased to kill us? Why a substitute if the sinner must still perish? The accepted sacrifice of Jesus puts an end to fear. The Lord has shown us our election, our adoption, our union to Christ, our marriage to the well-beloved. How can he now destroy us? The promises are loaded with blessings, which necessitates our being preserved unto eternal life. It is not possible for the Lord to cast us away and yet fulfill his covenant. The past assures us and the future reassures us. We shall not die, but live, for we have seen Jesus, and in him we have seen the Father by the illumination of the Holy Ghost. Because of this life-giving sight, we must live forever. Amen. Again, I'll qualify that with Paul through faith. <laughs> through faith. It's not universalism. He, he was a sacrifice as the man had to put or the woman, his hand on the head of the animal as his throat was being slit, as an identification that he was placing his sin on that innocent sacrifice. So man must put his hand and heart on Jesus and identify that he is dying for them. And then we have that assurance that we are eternal. And that's a pretty, that is a, and not only eternal, but eternal in the kingdom of God. Forever, and that's a pretty beautiful thing to think about. Well, let's pray, Father. Again, thank you for the blessing we have, knowing our future. Thank you that we were able to see that as we looked in Revelation twenty-two, and the glorious city that awaits us, and the and the the river of life, of abundance, of of joy and delight, and knowing God that you not only give us immortality but it's a qualitative immortality where we've no, we will know more joy and peace and goodness and purity than we could have even ever imagined. And there won't be any darkness and anything to bum us out at all. And these things go beyond our ability to even conceive of them, but we thank you that we have the promise of them to look forward to. So, Father, for anyone... Whenever we come to that point when we might, like Hezekiah, hear you say that you're going to take us home, you're going to graduate us into our new eternal life with you, help us to hold on to those promises and be like Paul and not like Hezekiah. And Father, if you heal our bodies, heal them for the benefit of our loved ones. And that is what we pray for, God. We pray for the healing of our bodies so that we can spend as much time with the people that we love and the people we want to reach as possible. That is stewardship. And in that, Paul wanted to stay. Paul said, Lord, I want to go home, but these people need to hear your word. These people need to know more about you. They need to have a relationship with you that, like I have. And so for any of us that are dealing with those, those um, sicknesses or diagnosed cancer or disease, anything like that, Father, um, we pray for healing for them, but only 
in the sense that they desire to love people with an everlasting love, to show them the door that's going to open up for them if they would open up their hearts to you. So, God, in that sense, pray. We pray for healing. For we thank you, you healed one Carlos from Mexico City for Pastor Joe and and Busseria that he he he's been healed. For many uh, of you that have come to church and visited us through the through the years, who have reported healing from cancer, in uh, remission, and are now doing well, or maybe still battling, but you're you're, you're you've leveled off. And, and you're, you're fulfilling your commission. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for them. And continue to use them. And all those that need surgery, God, we pray that they come safely through it so that they can continue to love the people around them. Touch our bodies, God. Continue to heal us. Thank you for those that have come to, to know you recently, that have accepted you. Renee has led at least two or three people, Lord, this last week. Thank you for her faithfulness to you. And may you bless those people, the people that came to church this weekend. Help them to be invigorated in their walk. This uh, new family that came to church uh, brought by a faithful brother who, who went out of his way, who doesn't even understand Spanish, but brought him to church anyway, <laughs> just so they could hear the word of God. Father, that is the joy to my heart, seeing those kind of servants that are willing to just come in and do whatever it takes to bring people in to, you, to your presence so they can hear your word. We pray for that family that they've really accepted you and now will begin their growth. And pray for my brother who brought them in that you uh, bless him abundantly uh, for his faithfulness to you. So thank you for all these things, Father. Uh, those that are looking for help financially, please, God, reach out and touch them. Uh, Dean and Kim and, and also Karen uh, with these various needs to be fulfilled. We pray that uh, Dean and Kim, the house that they found, uh, would be perfect for them. They're looking. They're going to go finalize it. Father, we pray that that might be exactly what they need. And also that uh, the job interview that he went on, God, that that would be, um, that, that he'd find that answer to that prayer and that job would, would be right there for him to provide for his family. And, of course, always, God, that you heal his daughters who need your, your help so bad. So thank you, God. Um, and we just pray for a blessing on this day. In Jesus' name, amen. There you go, guys. Appreciate your prayers for the radio ministry. And um, if you live up there in Canada, even a small church, and you have a Christian radio station, and uh, let them know that we have edited version, intro, outro, uh, Manna for Breakfast, if they want to put that on free, of course. Uh, and um, so minister to the people. We want to get the word out, get people saved. So God bless you guys. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.